So, hello. Hello, welcome to the Expat Pod. Thank you. My name's James, I'm your host, and I'm with Javier Bernalte. Yes. And we're here to talk about Javier moving from Spain or Valencia. That's what you think. To, uh, to Sweden, to Gothenburg. <laughs> we'll see we'll, where the conversation leads. Yeah. And uh, have you lived anywhere else? I have, I have. Actually, we go back. I mean, this is my eighth year in Sweden. Prior to that, I was in Germany for one and a half or so. I was never expected to be there for so long. Same thing as uh, with Sweden. But uh, I studied there, I finished my degree in Germany. In, uh, can I swear? <laughs> it's, a, it's a crappy town in, in the middle of Germany. It wasn't that fancy or anything. But then I finished my degree in mechanical engineering. Um, and then I also met my girlfriend at the time. We're no, no longer together. But um, what was supposed to be a nine month stay or so became like a. In Germany. In Germany. Like, uh, and this is a little bit important because, yeah, it will lead to something later. But uh, I spent about 18 months or so there, so one and a half years. Um, and in part, that was, I mean, part of the reason was uh, meeting my girlfriend, uh, you know how it is, right? Yeah. So everything was slowed down a bit. But then uh, I would say that that experience in Germany sort of sparked in me, you know, this uh, wish to be abroad and uh, this. Charles and North. To, to be fair, I mean, when I uh, came back to, to Spain after finishing my studies and so on, then uh, of course I applied for a job, and uh, this first interview actually ever made, um, it was for the company that I ended up working for, but I never expected to like the job, so I had like no expectations going to, into the interview, not because I didn't suit the, the job posting, it was more that I didn't expect to, to like it. Mm. But then actually that, that's when they said, uh, this is actually about being or becoming a resident engineer in Sweden. So you will be located inside Volvo facilities and you will be like you know, a channel between us and, and Volvo. And that's actually what I liked. But uh, I was a bit reluctant, I would say, uh, because I expected this to be like German. Mm. And I didn't have like the best experience. It was, uh, I mean, I was a, an exchange uh, student. So it was super fun. But uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have stayed there uh, after that. Um, I didn't like the country that much, and I really hope no Germans listen to this. But um, yeah, I expect hopefully they will. I'll have some more. Yeah, maybe. I like Germany. Don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, my experience, or let's say, it's not good for me. Um, it's too much of a cultural shock. Yes. So, so yeah. who are you as a person? It's quite a deep question. What well, are these? How do you characterize yourself? Well, I'm, I'm, that Spanish means something in itself, because I'm very Spanish, I would say, um, for good and bad. I mean, I'm quite open, I would say, and uh, I'm, um, I have always lived uh, like outside. Uh, one of the reasons why it took, and we'll get to that, I guess, why it took me some time to adapt to the Swedish style of life is because I'm more used to living outside and you know, spending as many hours as possible just, I don't know, hacking or whatever it is. It's a Swedish summer. Yeah, and that's something you can you can do here for six months per year, mm -hmm. but not the rest. So uh, I'm someone, yeah, I mean, it's family, friends, and, and just doing stuff outside is pretty much what I spend my time uh, doing. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty simple guy, really. Uh, like sports, all kinds, as a Spanish guy. Normally, normally likes. Yeah, uh, not like winter sports, maybe this. No, exactly. I've never skied in my life. It's uh, yeah, 
after eight years in Sweden, believe it or not. But um, yeah, other than that, pretty normal guy. So, hello and welcome to section one of the podcast. We're about getting there. And as you've established, Javier's lived in both Germany and in Sweden. So, tell us a bit more about, you know, how you how you got there, what you went for. We know you went for Erasmus and for work in Germany and Sweden, respectively. Um, but, you know, what did you do to do that? What did you have to fill out forms? How did you apply for those positions or those opportunities? for Germany. Yeah, both. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the first one was pretty easy because uh, it was through this Erasmus exchange program. So uh, the, the uni simply offers those to students at some point. Normally, it's uh, during the second or third year of your degree. But actually, I, I had like a, a double degree in that sense. So it was like a three-year degree at first and then like a master thesis. But it's not really a master thesis, but something like that, something weird at the time. Uh, the exchange did not. But on my fourth year then... Um, yeah, um, me and some friends we decided to go uh, abroad, pretty much because I mean, you know, uh, in your head you think you're going to be partying all day long. I mean, it, it had nothing to do with opening up opportunities or anything like that. It was just a fun thing to do. Um, so it was four of us, uh, like the closest friends that I had made from from uni, and then we wanted to find a destination that could accommodate all four of us, but there was no one that actually offered four spots. So then we had to split. So uh, two of us went, I mean, Germany was the only country that actually had four postings, so to say that you could apply for. So two of us ended up in um, Braunschweig, which was the name of the town I uh, was in. And then the other two went to Aachen, which was maybe 300 kilometers away. Yeah. So we could still like, meet and, and so on, maybe the second month or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I didn't really have to worry that much about anything. The university handled everything, so... It's not like you need a visa or anything like that. So it's just, uh, well, know. yeah. <laughs> so it was just jumping on, on the plane and then uh, landing there. Um, I had a, a room in a residence hall uh, mm. as soon as I landed. So I wouldn't say it was all rosy because you still have to do um, some paperwork. And um, I actually spoke a little bit of German, but not that much. Ambition Deutsch? Ambition Deutsch, correct. Uh, but. Um, the thing is, in Germany, it's, it's not like Sweden. You must speak the language uh, just to get things done. Uh, and uh, they almost expect you to speak the language, um, which is, I mean, fair enough. But um, my level... English would do the same thing, right? So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, my level wasn't there yet. Got better, but not just when I started. So it was a bit of a struggle. Uh, also with uh, lessons, I mean, attending yeah. classes and so on, because uh, everything was in German. And, uh, Again, I, I wasn't there. But uh, that was Germany then. And then. Sweden, so how did you get to Sweden? What was the purpose for you going? And mm-hmm. what did you have to do before? And obviously, no visa required, but you had to obviously have accommodation, yeah. plans, how to get there. And... Yeah. So, uh, pretty quick after I returned from Germany to, to Spain, uh, of course, I, I began looking for a job. And the first, actually, the, the first interview I ever made was the one, yeah, it was the, the, the job I ended up taking. And as I said, that was uh, for. I mean, I knew from day one it was for being based abroad in, in mm. Sweden. That's the, the thing that I like the most about the job posting. And then again, they made or prepared everything for me. So I didn't have to worry about accommodation or anything like that. Uh, actually, it's probably the, the easiest possible landing you can have in this country because finding accommodation, as you have seen yourself, is pretty yeah. difficult. So they found a, an apartment for me, extremely expensive, right in the city center. 
uh, I had a car, company car, so everything was handled. The only thing, and I'm not sure if I should share this <laughs> here, but I was actually a legal here because uh, I was spending more than six months per year here, so I should pay mm. taxes here and everything. But that company didn't have an illegal entity here, so they mm. could not hire me from Sweden. So uh, I was uh, traveling quite often back to Spain, but still more than six months per year I was, I was staying in Sweden. But uh, that was, I would say, landing part one, which mm. was not really living officially in Sweden, even though I was. Second one was three, four years after that, uh, when I decided that uh, I was no longer having fun at work. So then I um, actually had a bit of a crisis with my girlfriend as well, went back to Spain for some time, just trying to settle down, think what I wanted to do next. And then I ended up returning to Sweden because I had made some contacts and so on. Yeah, I mean, if you had told me about it some time ago, I would have never thought that I would come back. But uh, yeah, it was more appealing uh, work-wise. And there is when I actually faced all the problems that you are now, for example, facing yourself. Is that the first time person doing you, doing all this help? I was no longer getting the help from my company, so I had to, yeah, yeah, sort of do everything on my own. But But at least you knew the city. Yes. Did you have a personal number by the time you I didn't. But the thing is, uh, it's very easy once you have a job. Uh, the problem is when you don't have either a job or an ID, because you kind of need one to get the other. Uh, yeah. It's the same with the bank account and everything. Well, yeah, but that's what I was going to say, because if you had that personal number before you moved back, you could have been joining home queue. And yeah, exactly, exactly. three years. That's something, I guess we will get to accommodation maybe on those yeah. kind of things later. So yeah, home queue and so on is one of the issues or one of the problems that they should have a bank for. But, um, no, important then is, um, I, because I had some contacts uh, from my uh, past experience here, it took me like a week to, to find a job. Uh, and then based on that, because I, I mean, he was not a friend, but someone I was close to mm. and hired me directly. So, and then I, I knew people at Volvo, so I got an assignment directly, uh, let's say. So that made it very easy just to get the paper. Um, and then after that, I was uh, applying for the personal ID, mm. after that, bank account, and then bank ID, and, and everything. That was the first time, then, four years after my initial stay, that where I became sort of a Swedish citizen. Or yeah. resident. Yeah. Or resident, I should yeah. say. Yeah. 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 That's yet to come, maybe next year. Let's see. And how long have you been in Sweden then, just so one knows? So, uh, first time I landed here, uh, like to stay, because I, I came previously a couple of times uh, just to sort of know the city and so on, but. First time was 3rd of August 2015. So it's seven and a half years. I also came on the Oh. Yeah. Really? Quite a coincidence. Yeah. And it's my age as well. Yeah. yeah. Then you're going to stay here for seven more years. <laughs> <laughs> but I can get a passport. It's, it's European. Yeah. You're walking faster than I did because you have all the paperwork figured out. Right? Yeah. So. That's quite useful. Hello, welcome to section two of the podcast, all about being there. So, all about your life in the countries you've lived. So, tell me about your first impressions of, I guess, living in Sweden. Let's do that one because it's the one that's most recent. And yeah, I think that they, well. they had a really good guide because um, I said, I mean, as I said before, when I came, it was uh, through this company that already had a, let's say, someone located here in Sweden, a Swedish uh, guy. So then he sort of took me under his arm and just uh, showed me the, the place, and, but not only the place, he also showed me the Swedish lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was invited often to barbecues at his place or whatever it was that he did. I think he, he did a great job of trying to, you know, uh, really show me the, how to live here in, mm-hmm. in Sweden. 
Um, that, that made it easy. Uh, also, it helped that I came in August, let's say, because if I had come in December, I would have left after two weeks. But, I mean, it was a, a quite good time of the year to, to come for the yes. first time, because maybe one or two weeks after I arrived for the first time, I was, you know, on a boat in some lake. Still somewhere. doing summer vacation, right? So you have... Yeah, actually, I came one month before I had to start to work. Uh, so I had, like, I gave myself three weeks or something just to explore, you know, mm -hmm. to know the city. And, and so on, and I think it was a really great decision because uh, uh, then I also started to socialize as well a little bit because I came with my girlfriend, so at least I had someone to talk to. Uh, and she Spanish or Swedish? She was Spanish, she was the, the one I met in Germany. Um, okay. So I sort of presented this as an adventure to her as well. Hey, would you like to come with me and uh, just. Then she also had a job here as well. Or she didn't. She didn't in the beginning. Because of the EU, she couldn't move anywhere, right? She could move, exactly. Uh, she also just got her degree and she was a. Teacher mm. for a small, uh, I mean, children, zero to six, uh, preschool teacher. So, um, and she spoke good English, uh, so there's a lot of international uh, people here, so it was easy for her to find something. But uh, going back to then, uh, the, the first impression uh, again, during the summertime, it's quite easy to like to. I mean, there's you have so many hours of, of you know, sunlight and uh, just stuff to do. There's lakes around, there's heights, there's, mm. you know, you can take the boat, you can, it's a very nature-oriented, I would say. And all accessible from where you live. Yeah, and that is some, that was actually a shock, because you know, back where I am from, in, in Valencia, of course the beach is really close by, but if you are not going on a hike or something, the I mean, you have to take a car for starters, and then maybe drive for 45 minutes. And here you can take a tram, and in five minutes, Really, five minutes. You are on a lake, and there's no forest around. Forest, so it's it's uh, much closer to nature, uh, I would say. And that is something I really liked in the beginning. So that was my that first impression, I would say. Um, food was also a bit of a shock as well. Okay. Um, again, I expected this to be a little bit closer to Germany, so I thought it was meat and and the potatoes and all the time. Meat and veg, right? Yeah, but uh, I mean, it has less coastline though, so no. seafood should be on the list. Yeah, I expected shrimps to be better, but they are <laughs> very chewy. They're like chewing them. Uh, Another one, shrimps, shrimps, prawns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, I, I expected for them to not have such a wide variety of food. You know, mm -hmm. it's like they almost recognize and acknowledge. Okay, uh, we don't have many things growing here. So they open up to uh, you know different restaurants from all over the world. So you can uh, there's Indian restaurants, there's uh, Japanese restaurants, there's mm. Spanish restaurants, and uh, that was quite different from Spain because it's like we sort of take pride in in our own you know gastronomy. So yeah. it's mostly tapas or whatever it is. It's very wide, but it's our own um, yeah gastronomy. So we quite similar to England then, where we have our Gastronomy, as you would say. Mm. We also have a lot of Indian restaurants, a lot of mm. Thai restaurants. So, not very, much of a shock for you then? Varying different people. Yeah, cuisines. I think Gothenburg is quite similar to most cities I've lived in mm. because you have the variety, you have um, a lot of things very similar. But maybe okay. because it's also, I feel Sweden's very American. Yeah, it in is. In a lot of its life. It is. Like the, the 7 Eleven on every corner store. Yeah, um, the big cars and everything. Yeah, even like everywhere is like bike shopping or something. Like mm. everywhere's in like a like a strip mall kind of thing. You yeah. have even the suburbs. I mean, sometimes they look like uh, something yeah. you would take out from uh, an American movie or something. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and all the cars, like you know, like the big SUVs, but the old cars, the little old, yeah, old American cars. So, yeah, and ice hockey is huge, which kind of feels American. And the way it's huge so in the UK. No, 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 it's pretty no. it's huge in America. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In but the UK, Yes, but a uh, very low standard. Um, uh, that we actually have it in Spain as well, I think. Do you have ice? <laughs> Not around my city, I guess somewhere, but... Uh, Sierra Nevada, maybe, at the top? <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, I <don't. laughs> No, but, uh, I mean, it was only the second or third match, that the one that we watched together the other day, yeah. uh, last hockey-wise, that they watched in my life. I never expected to see. I don't like it. That's too well known. But, I mean, it's... it's it's, it's, it's not in my country. No, no, it's yeah. fun. I find it quite fun to watch. So I, you have to get used to looking for the problem. Respectfully disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you find? So going back to living in Sweden, how did you find the language? I know you don't speak Swedish. Yeah, I um, say after six I'm years. I'm embarrassed to say that on camera, you know. But that, that's well, the thing. Uh, when I arrived to Sweden, I never expected to to be here. You know, this long. Uh, I thought I was going to be like. A, one, two year stops uh, mm-hmm. kind of stay. So then uh, it didn't make much sense. Of, of course, it helps just to socialize with locals and, and uh, just to be fun maybe at um, mm-hmm. meetings because part of my job was also uh, PR in that sense. But then um, it would have helped. But uh, just thinking, I'm going to go back home in two years and then Swedish is not like English. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a very you know, niche. Ten minutes Exactly. So. I mean, then again, it's of course useful once you learn, learn one language, it's easier to, to learn others, but still, so I never used it, but uh, it was never a barrier. Le- le- I mean, English, though, it was a little bit, because it was the first time that I actually used it, like, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, in Germany, I spoke either German or Spanish, but most of my friends were Spanish. So uh, English, uh, believe it or not, when I first came here, it was a little bit of an issue as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average uh, Swedish guy spoke much better English than I did. And then there were loads of vocabulary and, and stuff connected to automotive um, industry that I didn't know about. So it wasn't so easy. In the beginning, I, I pretended to understand everything, and, but I was faking it. I had no freaking clue. So sometimes, I mean, I was on meetings and then I had to report back to Spain or something. And I was like, freaking clue what this guy said. But I made it up. So I have been getting paid. So. Yeah, exactly. So for, for as long as just <laughs> an inflow of money, then I'm. I'm Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Language is difficult. You're right. It's easy to speak English here. So for me, it's mm-hmm. I can just get off the, the plane or arrive in the country and yeah, everyone just speaks yeah. the language. Although I do often get talked to in Swedish to begin with mm-hmm. when I walk into a shop or okay. do stuff, and then I can get by to ask for like a coffee or a drink yeah. or a bit of food. But as soon as the conversation expands past that point, I'm like, yeah. it's fine to go into Brazil. Mine is awful. I mean, I've never attended a single class or, or anything, but uh, would Duolingo is how I was taught. Yeah, I mean, just by repetition of, and hearing it every day, I think mine is good enough to ask for coffee or something, but mm-hmm. I don't do it for the same reason as you just mentioned. That, uh, then I know that they're going to come back with more Swedish, and then I don't know how to answer back, so then... Uh, yeah, just... but I guess for me, that, that's part of the challenge, though, because you... You have that back and forth. Well, okay, you don't know it the first or the second time or third time, but you learn to then answer the question or you learn to know what it means. That's how it's really. You put yourself in that scenario where yeah. you go, okay, how do I apply You're it? doing the right thing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's how it's supposed to, to, to be done, right? Not how I did it. But You learn from the mistakes of those before you. Yeah, but, but the thing is that you reach a point where you 
just sort of tell yourself, okay, I've been here for, let's say, five years. Uh, I haven't done the effort to put in the hours to, to learn. And then you think that you're coming back to Spain is closer and closer, because I do want to go back at some point. When so you're it's like, Sorry? When you retire? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Another country? I would say fuck you if I was allowed, but can't <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, no. I mean, uh, you know, it's funny because I remember I have a friend, a uh, Spanish one, he's been here for 12 years now. He doesn't speak Swedish yet. And uh, I used to. That was your friend, right? <laughs> but uh, when I first met him, I used to criticize him, you know, like, how can you be here for five years and not learn Swedish? Well, eight have gone by and I'm that person that I was, you know. So I'm now you. So yeah, yeah, so please learn so that no one can say anything in just now. Seriously. Yes, that's my piece of advice for you. It's worth learning. <laughs> and um, on, on living in the city, what's been like your favorite part of Sweden? Like, what's, a, what's your favorite place to go to? Yeah, Gothenburg. It can be, it can yeah. be in the city, in the suburbs. What's yeah. your favorite place to go? I've actually lived in like, I've forgotten, but maybe eight to ten different places uh, throughout the city. Um, from Airbnbs, maybe one week. Uh, on each place to longer stays, like three months and so on. And uh, by far, I would say that the area that I like the most, nature aside, uh, but that's just, I mean, talking neighborhoods and so on, mm -hmm. it's uh, Hoga, I would say, and Linné. So yeah. that area is actually the, the place where I've lived the most, of the longest period of, of time. But also more of the most expensive places. It is, but this is the time where my company was paying for that. So, uh, of course, but I mean, I really like that because it's close to Hong Kong. It's like, well, you know, what it yeah. is. It's, it's, the old it, town. It, yeah, it's cozy. It's, it's yeah, the old town. It's uh, no buildings and yeah, there's some atmosphere there. Uh, it feels very real and, and mm. authentic. Even the weekend, you go to the markets yeah, and exactly. a lot where it's yeah, a lot of Sweden feels dead all the time. It's still it's mm. a big city by I guess footprint, but population yeah. is so small. So. There's not many pockets of things to do. Where do you go around London? You've got 12 million people. Every yeah. single high street's no. absolutely busy, and every market's busy. But yeah, yeah, that's so. Yeah, I love it. This year also, it's quite close to uh, Slottskogen, mm -hmm. which is you know, the land of the city in that sense. Well, not like you need it, but it's a yeah. huge park, plenty of life. Have you uh, seen the moose? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, my second thing. Famous moose living in this. Uh, Park or forest? The only one. I don't know. It's a female and a male, but I don't think they probably they keep them apart. Maybe they're divorced. I don't know. But, uh, Maybe. I've never. I've seen one with yeah. you know when he came over from the UK. But only yeah. only once I've seen. So. Have you seen the rest as well? And the seals. And yeah, but the seal doesn't really appreciate too much because they can't. They used to go around in circles. Also, used to go around in circles. You kind of feel bad because all mm -hmm. they keep doing is swing around in circles, like. Do they enjoy that? Like, 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 like the moose, probably, if you could choose, wouldn't be... No, uh, but <laughs> relatively, they've got more freedom, I guess. But still, it's mm. not nice. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure how we feel about that. In the beginning, I loved it. It was like, oh, like an open zoo in, in your park uh, for free. It's like it's New York, right? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I would put it like that, but... And now, in retrospect, it's like, okay, it's still a zoo. I'm not yeah. sure if I, I like it that much now. But, um, anyway, the, the park... Itself is, is great, yeah. Just yeah. to run or whatever it is. Yeah, I think they did the half marathon through there, so yeah, that was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. And actually, that is also it has to be one of the places that I like the most. And the reasons why is if this is actually maybe a shock as well, uh, 
comparing to, to Spain. When the, or the first time I actually was to was in, in Glasgow, and I think it was on a Saturday, something like that, we were out uh, doing a barbecue or something like that with some friends. And it was like completely crowded, uh, mm. let's say, Saturday at noon or something. But if you could take a picture of that and just compare it to, I don't know, a park in Spain, mm-hmm. it was like worlds apart. This is exactly what you would like your children to, you know, live through their adolescence and the mm-hmm. childhood and all that. It was super healthy. It's, there's no violence, no drugs, no alcohol, and nothing. just people having fun. There's an ecology outside there, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the reason is. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, you can. I have but they choose to do something else it's just healthy they're play, playing free golf they're I don't know, just playing some music whatever it is but it's quite calm it is it is uh, but yeah the, the, the word they use the most is healthy it, it's like yeah if I was a father which I'm not this is what I would like to imagine my son doing you know uh, at that age you know, as a teenager mm. So that I like the most, and um, yeah, so that's that's cool again. Paul got That was a good way of ending the second part of the podcast. So welcome back to section three of the podcast, where we talk about kind of recapping your experience. I know you're still living here. I know you kind of not still... for long. No. <laughs> you say that, but you're saying you contract your work. Long eight more years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Family. Um, so it's all about kind of giving some advice for mm-hmm. people who want to come abroad, move to Sweden, move anywhere in the world, um, and kind of just like recap your your life so far here. So, like, what is your what is your favourite saying in Swedish? Like, what would you say is like your or your best part of Swedish? My favourite saying. Uh, I do have one, but I don't know how to say it in Swedish. I don't even know the words. I just know that it exists, so I can maybe explain it. But uh, I can tell you it was quite often used at Volvo. Okay. Uh, we messed up a lot, so maybe that's why. But they have this saying that goes something along the lines of uh, don't shit in the blue cabinet or inside the blue cabinet. And uh, that's uh, pretty much when you embarrass yourself or just mess up. Uh, it's not you that shit in do you have an equivalent saying in Spanish? I don't think so. But actually, I do. I think I do remember um, how it came about. I think some time ago uh, there was only, or let's say, like the cheapest possible paint was red. They had like one color to, to choose from, and then all furniture was painted in, in this color. It's the same with the houses, right? Like the um, yeah. Swedish houses, they are normally red. These ones that are out in the landscape, so. and. Um, so at some point, I think it was in the 19th century or so, um, I don't know how, but they started, they discovered blue paint, let's put it like that. And it was more expensive, uh, so it was used for like fancier stuff. And uh, then uh, it turns out that I think they used it for, you know, some cabinets that were fancier, where they kept like the, you know, the, the expensive uh, cutlery or dishes and the so China. on. Yeah, exactly, China. So uh, that's where they kept that. And, uh, yeah, so to take the shit in the, in the blue cabinet is like doing something foolish, you know, let's say. Mm. It's, it's, but egg on your face, exactly. Oh, so you have a... Yeah, let's go. Egg on your face? Egg on your face? I've never heard of it. I don't know where it comes from, but it's like... Give you mess up, basically. Mm. No, I'm sure we have. It's embarrassing. Okay. We must have tons of equivalent of it then. What's just called being Spanish? Mm. 
No. But uh, what was uh, the next question? Um, so I guess your recap. So what would you do yeah, differently? Okay. Being here, so now you've been here for if you could go back in time, what would you do differently? What would you tell your younger self? Okay. Um, to you do know what? It, it's would it change? Apart from learning Swedish, so that, that's one thing for sure. Getting closer to locals is another one. Mm-hmm. This, um, this is something I also did. Same mistake in Germany. Um, maybe I had a, a better reason there, but um, sort of I socialize more with Spanish people or uh, Spanish speaking. People mm. can be from Latin America, whatever. I did the same thing here uh, as well. Um, I guess it's just easier, you know. Uh, and I think, familiar, I guess. and I think you should have. Um, if you're someone that is coming or traveling abroad, it's always great to have someone, you know, from your same country because it's much easier to, you know, just uh, have a chat from time to time. You need that feeling, and you know, that notes and uh, yeah, get some advice. Yes, and it's when you need it. No one will understand you like that person. Yeah, mm, that's true. That's that's a good piece of advice. But that being said, I don't think like you should only mingle with you know people from your own country. You should try to get to know the locals as well. And um, that's something I, I didn't do. I had this one person from the company, the one that showed me around, and so on. Mm-hmm. So he was that for me, but uh, he was like <clears throat> ten or fifteen years older than I am. So. Uh, it's not the kind of guy I would hang out with all, all the time. Yeah. You can do it maybe one friend, but he, he wasn't a friend in that sense. So I missed her. What I would change one of the things is, yeah, just make some local friends uh, that, that you can mm-hmm. go out with. And so That's one. Language is, is another one. But I'm not one that uh, really likes to give a lot of advice. I think you should actually, I mean, my best advice is go out. Don't think too much just make mistakes and discover you will make mistakes but you will learn from them mm-hmm. and i don't think anyone can prevent you from making those mistakes you need to make those mistakes to learn from them um, even if someone tells you about it you still have to go out there and explore so. yeah it's a very good point i think uh one thing i've noticed is co- coughing up or doing something silly means you're able to uh, not do it again but also you have some story to tell you know, you can relate to the people who've made similar issues or exactly. similar mistakes who've gone elsewhere and it becomes part of your identity, right? Yeah, exactly. You're not living someone else's life, you're doing it yourself exactly. and forging your own path. You can't always have a compass to guide you through things. It's, it's okay to do it. Well, you want to go further north, so you're going more <laughs> following some of my methods. Yeah, but. Um... Where's next? Finland? Or Norway? No, I, I don't. I think I'm done with it off. Um, Arctic Circle, maybe? <sighs> Only in the summer when it's up to there, like. There's some. There's one thing I like a lot about Sweden, which is that at least you get four seasons. Um, I, I never had that. And uh, so in Valencia, everything's quite flat. Uh, let's say it's 25 degrees. Of course, yeah, it ranges maybe from five coldest day of the year to 40 um, <laughs> the hottest. But still, on average, it's like 25 degrees, nothing happens, uh, very mild winter. Um, and here it's, it's quite different, because uh, you do different things, you know, depending on the time of the year. The yeah, year right. And that I like, because you have to sort of adjust a little bit, and uh, for three, four months. Right. So well, sometimes I read, some others I can go out and then uh, practice some sport. So it's, it's a bit cyclic, um, but in that sense, uh, 
it's, it's a different experience, which I like. You, you learn to enjoy what, you know, climate gives you. <laughs> and you appreciate more the other climates yes, when they combine with it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's been quite different. Um, that's actually something I miss when I'm in Spain. I do miss the snow. Yeah, I, okay. I do. Just to see it. Then after the second day when it becomes this massive thing, then I hate it. But exactly. Try running on it and pull it out. No, no, no. But just, uh, yeah. Uh, I would like to press a button, you know, have snow for a day and then have it gone. So. Yeah, did you try that? Yeah. You're an engineer. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I'm faking it. Right here now. I'm going. <laughs> I have not noticed that I'm what? Oh, no. <laughs> Good. And then, like, what advice would you give to someone trying anywhere in the world? Not just a Sweden, but I guess your point of making mistakes and towards your own path is one thing, but, like... Yeah. If you um, could give someone just one nugget of advice. This is uh, all of your years of wisdom and <laughs> years of wisdom. Now it's uh, I'm gonna need uh, to count here. I need to think. I'm not so sure if I can just put it in a nutshell. But um, well, talk me through your process. What are you thinking about? What Where's your mind going with that question? I have no expectations. Um, going into Germany or going here. Well, actually, that is not true. Uh, coming here, I expected this to be more like Germany. Uh, maybe because I'll have been in the only sort of long stay that I had, had a, a, a abroad, a lot one. But um, yeah, that, that maybe is in itself uh, uh, some piece of advice, which is don't expect, uh, don't have any, you know, preconceived ideas. Mm-hmm. Just go there. I think you, by the way, are doing a very good job at that. I, I think you're exploring and learning and just, you know, trying to immerse yourself in, in mm-hmm. the culture as much as you embracing can. Embracing it. Embracing it, exactly. Not, not comparing to how things are in, in my Well, I'm always comparing it back to the issue. It's inevitable. It's inevitable, but not, not uh, like wanting things to be the way they were back home. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do. I've met a lot of people, um, you know, foreigners, immigrants, uh, throughout these years, and most of them, or many of them, actually complain or, you know, miss things, and they sort of want things here to be the same they were there. When it comes to food, when it comes to, I don't know, uh, schedules, when it, everything. And I don't think that's how you should experience it. It's, um, it's a new culture, and embrace it. It's very different from, from mine. Mm. But uh, it's, when you go back, uh, it's much more valuable if you actually bring with you experiences that are very different from what you're... Uh, yeah, and maybe you adapt your life to be the best of both worlds. Ex- exactly. Ex- exactly. And the more you learn from whatever else in the world, the more you can yeah. choose life to fit you. You know, I was very close to going back to uh, the same company that hired me in the same place, the Spanish one, um, uh, about three years ago, something like that. And I actually signed a, a pre-contract. So and in the end, uh, I actually broke that or didn't follow through because uh, I know what I was signing up for. And it was very similar to the culture that I, I had experienced before. I, and they didn't want that for me anymore. After being here in Sydney for a few years, uh, there's many things when it comes to the work environment that are much better. So I've, I think I have as well like a responsibility to uh, learn about the good things that I um, sort of experience here and bring them back with me when I go back to Spain. So when it comes to work environment, that me- means for me 
uh, having a better balance between my life and, and yeah. work. And so that's what I mean, that uh, learn about the differences between your own country and where you are, and then try to actually learn the good stuff from Brazil with you. Because, as you said, it's a mix, and uh, you can always... Exactly. Watching people do squats in the office, and doing work-life balance, and having that health challenge. Can I mean, it's your fault, yeah, so I didn't want to be rude, but... Well, you have a good part of some of the sure you should bring that with you. I, I think you should maybe just explain a bit to your audience. Okay, what so... What is that you do at work? But anyway, so Harry and I work in the same place, same office, and yesterday, being the end of February, we kicked off a health challenge, which is like a eight week. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> eight week um, focused on being healthy in in what in work and and promoting that kind of work life balance. So part of that was a meeting which the company put on all in our in our calendars to watch this kickoff and uh, Javier happened to walk past my desk in his desk and we were watching this happen and people were, you know, fumbling, putting shoes on and yeah. it was quite amusing to watch. It was kind of like watching, I don't know, just yeah. wipe out something. Yeah, this is still my old Spanish shell, you know, being shot by... How why are you not in a spreadsheet? Why do we do this during working hours? Uh, to me, that's still a bit of a shock. Yeah, but it's having that balance. Yeah, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. But... Uh, it's like having dogs in the office, for example. That's great. It, it is, but I, maybe not now, but uh, during the first few days, I found myself taking pictures and uh, just sharing those with my family. Just, can you believe it, that this is real? So, yeah. It's a dog. <laughs> I mean, I've always had a dog, but you wouldn't bring them to the office. Yeah. Better than being alone, huh? Yeah, I tell that to someone with an, with an allergy. But, um, well, that's why I don't need one more of the office. Yeah, no. After seven people died, you should... Don't you? No. <laughs> I hope. I, I, I hope. Check, yeah. yeah, fact check. <laughs> <laughs> I put a banner on the bottom saying no one died from the That's we know. Yeah. I don't listen to your family. Like, how often do you talk to your family to go home? Um, what did you well, change over the years? During my first three years of staying here, I used to travel back home almost every month. At first, I did it because I thought like uh, I should report back to my organization, but it was more in my head, really no one was, you know, expecting me to do that. So, uh, because my sort of salary was a little bit dependent on that, because uh, while I was staying abroad, I was paid more. Mm-hmm. So uh, I tried to find a balance between, you know, uh, seeing my family enough and my friends and so on, keeping contact, but at the same time, of course, economically, it had to make sense. Mm-hmm. So I traveled at the beginning uh, once per month or every second month or so, and then I progressively lowered the frequency to maybe three, four times per year. And then, since I've been sort of officially uh, living here, uh, working here in Sweden, it's been twice per year. So only during the summertime and um, Christmas, mostly. Like maybe if I, if I have some, you know, a wedding or something like that, yeah. some event. Yeah. Or big birthdays. No, exactly. But uh, that's more on demand, I would say. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, of course, I talk to my family every week, my parents and so on, at least once. It's not super often, but uh, usually Sundays. Just mm. maybe one hour time or something, just to check that they're okay, and uh, and then we have WhatsApp groups. You know, I mean, it, yeah. things have changed. Um, it's quite easy to to giving them to them, but sending a written letter. Yeah, back in the yeah, it's also very difficult. My my mother, she cannot really point the camera at her face, so mm. I only see the ceiling. So uh, 
But you hear a voice. I hear a voice, and I think it's her. Could be someone. Very good impression. Yeah, but uh, when they're asking for your bank details and your your, your mother's maiden name, which they should have. Income and so on. No, but um, I think it's easier. You know, uh, some uh, 15 years ago uh, when we didn't have all this uh, means of communication, maybe it was harder or you miss home more. Uh, now I, I mean, it's seven hours away. I have to fly there, and uh, then again you can simply call or anything. So. I'm feeling I'm feeling nostalgic sometimes, yes, uh, but it's I still feel like they're wrong. That's good. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? So Brexit and so on? <laughs> is, is it like distance? You know, I mean, well, the, the, the way that the UK politics is going a bit more, um, well, you kind of want to forget your brief because mm-hmm. it's, I, it feels for me that we feel a bit of a joke to the rest of the world, especially when I speak to everyone around the office about the UK and. It gets yeah. brought up about Brexit and there's a silly idea and like since moving and like now I need to get a visa to to work and mm-hmm. it's yeah it's not as easy as it once was yeah. but also yeah say so you uh, uh, everywhere is stripping I think it works a that bit more yeah. well, didn't know so many colleagues from the UK at Volvo whereas I'm also my time. But the ones, of course, it is very one-sided because the ones that are at Volvo, they have been abroad, been working abroad for several years. So, uh, for most of them, at least, uh, the work travel was, was a you know fun thing to happen. So, yeah, uh, most of the people I encountered from the UK here in Sweden, they have a very, they, they share the same. But the ones in Spain, the ones in Spain, they are not allowed to bring their dogs if they uh, go to Benidorm or Malaga or anything. Uh, that's part of the. <laughs> Part of the, the contract, let's say, that you have signed. So it's, um, yeah, I think it was a bad decision, but then again, uh, yeah. I'm sure you're going to open that door. No, no, not <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. But I do go home quite a bit. Yeah. Right now, especially, I've been here for six months. So I went home. Three of those you have spent there were traveling. Come on. Yeah, well, but traveling in, in Scandinavia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oslo and Stockholm, Copenhagen a few times. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah that's true. Volleyball, I go around the country to play different teams, like Angleholm and Lund. Mm-hmm. So, you don't really see anyone, you know, you know Holland, but, um, but yeah, I went home for Christmas and then went home for to go on vacation and then I will probably go back to Easter. And your parents are coming, so. Yeah, this weekend, actually, and my girlfriend will come back as well. Okay, so you're, you're not paying alone. No, but it's hard, right? Because it's I guess it's different if you move either with your partner or you're single because you yeah. would then that helps a lot. You go you go out and you're not alone, right? Yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah. It's I mean some days I would have felt alone if I hadn't had my garden with me. Uh, probably you experienced that as well. At the start. Yeah. I don't know. I, and as you got the January was really, really bad. It was so dark and depressing and we had like the lowest amount of Sunlight, supposedly a long time in Sweden, and it was a, it's low anyway. I'm probably used to that by now, but uh, my first winter, I mean, I, I wanted to kill myself. Really. It was even if I was, uh, you know, I had someone with me, I became this grumpy old man. And I'm someone actually that you know feels it a lot. My may try to change my mood, everything. I now have learned to handle it, and that you cannot like do, as I said before, like the same kind of things throughout the year. You buy the sunlight as well. I haven't. I haven't. I don't think that will work. But uh, yeah, I have a very powerful bulbs. <laughs> That's all you need. LED. 
Exactly. Perfect. Well, I covered section three. So let's recap, uh, I guess, the, the, the whole episode really with, with Javier, um, or Javi, as you prefer to be called. That was the best you've ever pronounced. I'm so proud of you right now. I always said Javier, not Javi. Give me a Come on. It shows that we are friends. Yeah, so I really enjoyed something I didn't know about you, like the reasons you moved and going back and forth from Germany. You know, obviously we talked through the most days in the office and give each other a lot of stick from time to time with various things and talk about work and current things, but not necessarily your journey here, which made interesting to see and learn from your mistakes or your experiences obviously making my own mistakes still along the way but yeah i really enjoyed your um you know your the fact that you moved and everything was paid for I'm quite jealous of that. <laughs> but and yeah uh, i was making so much money that back then <laughs> yeah sitting at home yes i mean uh, sometimes in some way it feels like a decline from the quality of life <laughs> and the standard of life i had back then is i have to pay for everything now Yes, but no, it was really good, and I hope everyone listening or watching enjoyed the podcast. And uh, if you did, please, you know, subscribe to the podcast, share it, post it on social send media. Yeah, send a link out to people. I'll send it to Javier. He'll put it all over Spain. And sure, uh, we'll, we'll soon be more people on the English. You know, you have to no, add we, we, like, you, you can uh, close caption it. That'll be good. Um, or you can dub it in Spanish. <laughs> okay. You can do my voice. Well. I'll do your voice. Um. Oh yeah, I don't have a Spanish accent. So yeah. with a what English Spanish accent? I'm trying. I'm trying my best. Yeah. With yeah. yeah. So I guess uh, it's the closing statement. So yeah, if you if you did enjoy it or you have any feedback, please yeah, mention it and get in touch. The way we grow or get better at this is to talk about it and hopefully you found some you know bit of information which is helpful to you or. Uh, made it, at the least found it enjoyable or entertaining I know Javier's and mm. saying to listen to you free to send your questions in, uh, yeah. maybe that's something you should do as well just collect uh, if people are in, interested in I don't know, any specifics uh, we can always help yeah it's a good point uh, yeah any any FAQs or questions that we get in I'm saying this now that you have two followers yeah. you can find me <laughs> it was two, two thousand and just chat it on yeah. well we, we can filter that later but yeah, for now it's still quite short but yeah as I said, if you have any questions or want to reach out and we can tailor those requests or yeah. use social media to, to message back and things. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.